Hello and welcome to Keeping It Real, where we're going to dive into the mysterious world of plastic surgery. My name's Alex and each episode I'm sitting down with the respected surgeons Dr Richard Bloom and Dr Kim Taylor from Replastic Surgery and we're going to ask all the hard questions that you want the answers to. Moist and not coming in saying I want to look like Posh Spice or Pamela Anderson. And so it can be quite life-changing for them and um, we see improvements in their self-esteem, their confidence. If someone's had good work done, then no, I don't, I don't believe it is obvious. If you're having a breast augmentation, you know, you don't want to be going to the plastic surgeon who does road trauma. So in past episodes, we've been talking breast implants and reductions, but today we're going to delve into a topic that is very interesting, fat injections. Fat usually is something that most women want to get rid of, but it can actually be a very useful tool when it comes to getting the perfect shape and feel. Hello again, Richard and Kim. Hi, Alex. Hi, Alex. So, Richard, fat grafting, what is it? WTF. (laughs) Fat grafting is no different to grafting any other tissue in the body. So we graft skin, we graft bone, and so we can also fat Uh, we can also graft fat. What a graft is, is where you take tissue from one part of the body and put it into another part of the body and it gets a blood supply from the new part of the body. So when we're doing a fat graft, we take fat from somewhere else and put it into another part of their body and it then establishes a blood supply, which happens over a period of days and, and weeks. And then once it's established a blood supply, then it sits there and lives as fat would normally in that part of the body. Um, so it, it's your own tissue. The advantages of it are it's your own tissues um, and it would behave as would any other fat. Is there a place in the body that it's best to take fat from? Um, I generally put that to uh, the patient. Of um, Most people have an area of fat that they dislike more than uh, in one part than in another part. Um, For women that are relatively slim, um, sometimes there can be a little bit of extra fat in their lower tummy or their inner or outer thighs. Um, Tends to be a good place to um, remove some fat from. And why is fat used, Richard? So there's a number of different indications. The most common time that we would use it would be to correct minor asymmetries in a breast. So... um, when we both did breast reconstruction, we used it quite commonly in that scenario, less so when we're doing more aesthetic type work. So you, you can, we would sometimes use it um, if there's a, a particular area of a breast that um, is deficient and it's not enough to warrant an implant. That's when we could use it. The most common time I would now use a fat graft is as part of a breast augmentation in particularly thin women, to maybe add some extra volume to their cleavage area or to add some soft tissue coverage to the lower pole. Um, I also sometimes use it if someone's had some liposuction to an area of their body, for example, their thighs, and if an area has been overdone in terms of had too much fat removed and then there's another area where it hasn't had enough fat removed. So you can do a revisionary type procedure and remove a bit more fat from where there's excess and inject it back into an area where it's the contour is deficient. It can also sometimes help with scars. So sometimes if you've got a scar 
that is a little bit flat or is a bit stuck down, sometimes injecting a little bit of fat underneath the scar can help make the scar look a bit softer um, and better contoured. And, and what it is not is um, something that you can use large volumes of. Um, so it's, it's for small amount of volume, small contour defects because... When you say small, what do we mean by that? Um, so if there's a golf ball size hole, I guess, um, just to use a... Um, th- th- you can't use it like a polyfiller. So when Richard's talking about grafting, every cell has to get a new blood supply. So if you put a big clump of any kind of tissue that you're transferring, but in particular fat, the if we're talking about the golf ball size area, the cells around the outside will catch a blood supply from the local tissue, but all the tissue, all the fat that's injected into the middle won't get a blood supply and essentially it'll just disappear. Mm. And so it's not it's not a polyfiller. <laughs> It, it, you can't put a big, big volume of it. Richard, do you agree with that? Absolutely. So, like, I think the best way for um, patients out there to visualize it is if, if you just think of a kitchen sponge uh, and you pour water on the sponge, it'll soak up a certain amount of water and the rest of it just goes down the sink. So, if you're thinking along the lines of what Kim was saying and each cell getting a blood supply, think of a sponge and the little holes in the sponge. And once you fill up each hole with some fat, then it's filled. And if you overfill each hole, then the fat in the middle, if you think of the the actual structure of the sponge being the blood supply, the center of each hole will be too far away from the blood supply and then it just dies and goes down the sink. Mm. So does this mean that it's not an alternative to a breast augmentation? Absolutely. So, So firstly, there's a problem with volume. So... There's only a limited amount of volume you can add. Secondly, it doesn't add any structure to the breast. So it's just fat. So it's, it doesn't have any form. So it can't fill out the shape. Um, it can't, um, it's not going to add terribly much to projection or to your medial cleavage. The other concern, and I, I've seen patients where this has been done, the women often presenting for a breast augmentation are skinny. So they don't They've got a paucity of donor sites to take the fat for to use. So you can't just sort of keep sucking fat out of their tummy or their thigh because then you end up with a big donor site defect where the skin is all irregular and there's contour defects. So it's problematic at a number of levels. So we don't see it as an alternative to, um, to a breast implant. We do know of some other centers that do do that, but it's often they're doing it over multiple, multiple sessions. And for patients who maybe get sort of attracted to it, my um, warning would be to ask to see long-term photos because it's very easy to do a fat graft and at uh, on the table or at one week, the fat will all still be there. It takes some time for it, for it to dissolve and, and be a absorbed by the body. So have a look at results over uh, six months and, and see if the, the volume is still there because generally it won't be. And have you had patients come to you that have had a, a big fat graft that are really unhappy with the, the end product? Yeah, we have. And then you end up having to just do a breast implant, which is the operation that they should have had in the first place. But the other problem is they come in and their stomachs look terrible because they've um, harvested 
every last fat cell from their tummy and they were skinny women anyway. So they've got these really um, crepey skin over their, their abdomen, which looks not so good. If a woman is getting, if she's a good candidate for fat grafting and she's very skinny, does she need to fatten up, Kim? Um, I would certainly not recommend that because the type of procedures that we would be recommending any fat grafting for is small volume, so less than 50 cc's. Um, and so if you tell someone to put on weight, one, most women don't like to be told that, um, and two, if, you, if, if they do and then you harvest X amount of fat and inject it somewhere, if they then their natural body weight is back where it was, those fat cells will just shrink back to what they were before. So the volume that they've gained, so unless they fatten up and stay bigger, um, then it's really not a sensible thing to be recommending, I don't believe. So, Richard, do you get patients that ask the same question about whether they should fatten up? I just don't see that many women asking for fat grafting, but I totally agree with Kim. It's just illogical to ask them to fatten up so that you can use use the fat and then move it somewhere else and then they want to get back to their normal weight, that fat that you've transferred is just as likely to reduce when they lose weight. You don't have control, as everyone would know, you don't have control over where you lose your weight from when you lose weight. So you may put on weight, move it to the breast, uh, then you lose weight and it dissolves from your breast. Mm. What about the opposite when women are good candidates for for um, a fat transfer can they get a little bit extra taken out at the same time? So that's not called fat grafting then. That's called liposuction, <laughs> uh, that procedure. Um, and certainly, um, the, although the indications for liposuction alone are relatively limited for Rich and I, probably neither of us would do many um, procedures where we're purely doing liposuction. Um Many patients ask, oh, while you're there, just, you know, suck out a little bit of extra <laughs> fat. But um, generally someone that's a good candidate for liposuction alone is someone that's at an ideal body weight that has an extra spot of fat that they that cannot shift with diet or exercise. Um, in women, the commonest area for that is on the saddlebags or the outsides of their thighs. Um, and uh, also in, in women, like areas in the lower tummy can sometimes be problematic in uh, inner thighs as well. But generally, the skin quality has to be really good. The size of that pocket of fat has to be relatively small. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you, if you're trying to reduce someone's weight by doing liposuction, it is not the operation to be done. If like We don't really believe in large volume liposuction because... The, the problems that can be caused with loose skin, as Richard alluded to, for the grafting are, are the same with excessive liposuction. So it's probably the wrong operation to be doing for someone. Fat reduction is something that is hard to hard to take, but it, it, the patients are the best one to be reducing their own fat and then we're the ones to be dealing with extra skin that's left over after that. If there is any slow, sensible fat loss has more likelihood of the skin retracting over time than rapid fat loss, which is what liposuction procedure is. Right. Well, let's go back to the process. Richard, talk us through what happens. In terms of a procedure, it's actually an incredibly simple procedure. So there's nothing technically difficult about how you do a fat transfer. Um, There's a lot of 
um, voodoo and myths about the best way to harvest and where's the best place to take the fat from. But essentially you take some fat from an area where there's an abundance in a similar way that you'll do liposuction. Instead of that fat just going into a canister and being thrown out, we obviously keep it. And then you need to separate the fat out from the fluid. So there's different ways of doing that. And again, uh, every surgeon has their own way of doing it and would all advocate that that's the best way to do it. But basically you can let it stand and the two will separate out um, or you can put it into a centrifuge and it'll separate out or you can put it through a filter and it'll separate out. But at the end of the day, you end up with just pure fat and then you've got to then inject it into the area that you're putting it into. So uh, in a breast augmentation, when I'm using it just to enhance the, the cleavage area, we're talking very small volumes, sort of maybe five mils up to 10 mils along the cleavage lines. So this is done with a syringe, I'm assuming. So then, yeah. So then you've got a, a small needle type instrument, which is attached to a small syringe and through a, a small stab incision, which might be uh, two millimetres, you then put the fat in. And as I was talking about before, you need to put it in, in very small aliquots so that each droplet that you put in is then surrounded by tissue and it can get its own blood supply. So you basically do multiple passes and as you're withdrawing the needle, you inject slowly as you're coming out and then you'll go back in in a similar space but in a slightly different channel and then as you again, as you're withdrawing, just deposit more of the fat so that each sort of line of fat is in its own little pathway. And so are there any risks with the procedure? The two main risks would be, one, donor site problems. So uh, as we've mentioned before, taking away too much fat, you get left with divots and contour irregularities of the skin where you've taken the fat from. And the other one isn't so much a complication, but it's just failure of the technique if you try and put too much fat in and then the fat doesn't survive and, and then you don't get the volume increase that you were um, maybe expecting or wanting. And if a woman loses weight, does that mean that she loses the fat as well? Yes. Well, the volumes that we're talking about are, are very small volumes, so it's probably not going to be super obvious um, because it's going to be – the way we would use it is in proportion to um, how they are. But, yeah, if they lost all their body fat, then it's definitely going to disappear as well. And so a woman that it's not a good candidate for implants, is this something that you would you would look at using or not? Not usually. If they're not a good candidate for a breast implant, there will generally be a worse candidate for um, fat grafting. So the women who maybe are not good candidates for breast augmentation, they'd have um, some droopiness to their breast, their nipple would sit below the fold. And so they need a shaping procedure, in which case either a lift and or breast implants is going to be the better solution for them. And then in women who are super thin, um, again, you know, a breast augmentation is going to give them a more reliable volume and a better shape than what a, a fat graft would. So we've obviously been talking about uh, fat grafting in terms of breast augmentation. Is it useful in a breast reduction? It can be. So there can be a role 
in a in a breast lift or a breast reduction for using some fat grafting in the upper pole, so the upper part of the breast above the nipple. So a breast reduction and a breast lift will increase projection and fullness sort of behind the nipple and in the lower part of the breast, but it doesn't add any tissue or fullness in the upper pole of the breast. So that's a time where I might use some fat grafting to maybe give a little bit more fullness in the upper pole and avoid maybe an implant. And the reason why in that case it might be useful is because again, as Kim said, it's going to still be small volume. It's not going to give the same fullness that a breast implant will give, but it it might give a little bit of extra fullness or uh, in the upper pole and avoid an implant in which case it, it can be a useful procedure. And do you find that women f- like the feel that it gives? Is, does it make it feel a little bit more fuller and natural? It, it absolutely feels like normal tissue. So a breast for most women is is made up of breast tissue, which is more, it's white and looks more fibrousy and, and tough. And fat is yellow, like fat you would see in other parts of the body. And a breast is made up of both. So... If, assuming the breast, the fat graft survives, then it, you wouldn't be able to differentiate it under a microscope compared to the fat that was there before. Yeah, it's soft and natural. Mm. Well, Kim, if the fat takes, is it permanent? Uh, yes. So um, generally I'd say it takes uh, about six weeks to know what you're going to be left with. So um, if the, some of the fat's not going to take, then um, usually that would be obvious by about that six-week mark. Um, but after that, that what's there is there. So if so the patient puts on weight, loses weight, it's it's going to just change with them naturally. Um, it's not something that looks okay for a couple of months and then all of a sudden it disappears. Um, and that's going back to the so if you know a patient is, thinks they can have an augmentation with fat grafting only, generally it'll look quite good for a week or two with some swelling and um, and then the volume will disappear quite significantly over the course of the next few weeks. And commonly those patients require further procedures to get that outcome there after. That brings us to the end of fat grafting, which was very interesting. Um, there's just one thing that I want to touch on for our listeners. Obviously, a lot of your patients do get very involved on social media and we will be um, looking to, to our listeners for more ideas and what they want to hear. So, Richard, where should people go if they want to join the conversation or ask any questions or, or give us future ideas? The best place would be our re-Facebook group. So, um, which you can find um, either from our website or from our Facebook page. Um, And so it's a closed group um, and it's open to all of our patients and and, uh, future patients. Uh, But uh, we'll put up a post there um, in the coming uh, weeks for patients to add to. But if someone wants to put their own post up, um, feel free to do that and and we'll, we'll address their questions in further episodes. Thank you very much for joining me for this series of Keeping It Real. Thanks for having us, Alex. Thanks a lot, Alex. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Keeping It Real. To keep up with our next episodes, go and subscribe on Spotify or iTunes or wherever it is that you get your podcast. If you have further questions or want to take the next step, visit www.replasticsurgery.com.au or follow Re on social media. If you want to put any questions to our experts or join the conversation, head on over to our Re Girls Facebook group. Listener.